We have only 35 chambers. There is no 36. I know that. But I want to create a new chamber. And what would that be? I think Shaolin techniques should be available to all. So then, that's my idea for a new chamber. To teach the martial arts to the people. Anybody. Okay, welcome to another episode of My Three Cents. Um, today is going to be a little bit different because what I'm going to do today is uh, I'm going to jump around different places of different things that I have taken note of in the last year or two. And um, these are all going to be in relation to relationships. So um, when most of us think about relationships, we're already thinking about the opposite sex and the actual relationship between two people. But what I want to do is I want to take it a step further. Um, And I want to start with a relationship of self. Now, I'm going to be touching on a lot of different types of relationships. So that's why today is going to be a little different. It's going to seem to jump around, but the theme is going to be relationships, okay? So um, the first thing I would think of uh, as far as relation to self. Well, one of the first questions you have to ask yourself is, what are you relating to? Right? What are you attached to? Who are you attached to? Who do you relate with? Now, this is a perception This is a perception trick of seeing an extension of yourself. So whoever it is you think you relate with is only an extension of you. So I'm sure we've all heard before, birds of a feather flock together, different sayings of that nature. Um, All just trying to remind you that the company you keep is you, right? Where you spend most of your time is you. And uh, there's another thing people say um, that I've heard, you know, over the years is that look at your circle and the five people that you spend your life with, the five people you spend most of your time with make make up, you know, what is perceived to be you. Right. Even from the outside looking in. So what are the dangers of being connected and being in relationship with different things that we may not understand. Well, for me, the first thing I think of is, now I'm just gonna use this for an example, but this is what a lot of people have relationship with, right? Religion. Now, when systems come into question that we have related to, See, I'm not going to go deep in on religion right now. I'm just going to show you the connection of a relationship. So when these systems break down, when these systems cause questions to arise and cause us to question ourselves about what we're involved in, this is also uh, the failing of a relationship, right? So what I want to talk about is what you're attached to, who you're attached to, 
And what happens when those things fail? So this is why it's important to harness your own energy and be very conscious of what you're doing and who you're connecting to and what you're connecting to because it's all based on energy. Uh, I know last time I spoke on wholeness a little bit and uh, balance. So this is also in line with achieving and maintaining balance of self um, is paying attention to what you, what you are connected to and connected with. So one thing that happens is that when you're connected to something that seems to be outside of you, some type of system, when these things fail, right, these things that you follow, now this could be social media, I mean, whatever you think of when I say follow. I know that's a trigger word now because of social media and things like that. Back in the day, it was stop following me. Made me uncomfortable, right? Stop following me. Today, it's follow me. So just to put that in a small perspective. Uh, <laughs> so the thing is feeling disconnected when the thing that you follow becomes disconnected. Now, it's easy for this to happen. And uh, without expounding on it too much, it seems to be pretty self-explanatory. When you connect yourself wholeheartedly to things and those things fail, that leaves you in a failure state. So be aware of that. Now, today's going to, I'm trying not to keep this, uh, I'm going to try to keep it short, but not too short. It might be long, but not too long, um, because I want to hit these points. And I got a lot to go over. So um, I also want to talk about relation, uh, the relationship of the creator and the created or the creation. I like to explain to people that um, the creator and the creation are one in the same. Now, this is the same as uh, an event and the person viewing it, you see? Because one can't be without the other. Like we spoke about before with uh, different types of polarity and how opposites of things are actually the same thing. It is just the opposite end of a spectrum. Okay, so uh, the first thing I wanna get into as far as the relation of the creator and the creation is the artist and uh, the mind frame of the artist, right? Because what happens is um, with art is that you have someone with the creative ability trying to give you an extension of self, right? So when when uh, what I define an artist as is one who sees his own world from many perspectives. Now, this is why he's able to give you something from his world, right? I say he and his, but obviously, I mean male and female. So this is why the artist can give you something from their world because what's known as an artist is just one who sees his own world from many perspectives. So he shares. Now, Creating the same idea over and over 
only to never achieve what the mind of an artist really wants. And that is satisfaction. It will always elude them. You know, satisfaction will always elude the artist, even when they're in the face of elations, some type of congratulatory mood. Uh, that's fine for the moment, but that won't sustain the true mind of an artist. Now, here's an interesting thought. If you could combine the creation of an artist, all the creations of an artist, every creation of the artist, uh, what will you get? And will it be clear what you get? Right? Will this be a glimpse of genius? Or will it be a glimpse of insanity? Or will it just be a glimpse of themselves? Now, this is when the riddle is solved of the artist. Because what's happening is the artist, the whole time, was only chasing himself by creating art. So how could he ever be caught, right? And so this is why I go back to saying the artist will never achieve true satisfaction because that is the thing that causes him to create in the first place is the pursuit of that. So again, the point of that was to show you one perspective of the artist or the creator and the creation being actually one in the same, only extensions. You have a hand, but it is still body, right? You have fingers, but it is still hand, right? Hand is still arm. So these are only extensions and examples, physical examples. So, um, what I want to touch on next, as far as the creator and the creation, briefly, is the creator of all. I just want to implant this thought into your mind. Because if you can understand that the creation and the creator are one and the same, then you know where I'm going with this, right? You know where I'm going with this. So I'm going to let your mind do its own work and complete this, complete that um, complete that cycle of thought. If the creator and the creation are one and the same, and you believe in a creator or something that created all, and all is underlined, aren't you in the all? And if you are, that makes you creation. And if you are, that makes you creator by extension right not the conscious creator of all that's the difference because what you can have a lot of times is the mentality of the drop of water of the ocean right it, it if there's an ocean and you put water in a bottle is not that water still ocean just because it's in the Evian bottle don't make it Evian. So don't confuse yourself because of your package. All right. So I'm going to let that lay where it's at and let the mind do its own work. Um, another thing I want to touch on as far as self and relationships is mastery. 
when it comes to being an artist and a creator, now we're talking mastery. This is practice mastery. Um, I feel like it's very important to master something, right? I don't care if it's reading, writing, kung fu, tennis, whatever it is that you practice or, or do or spend your time and energy doing, I feel like it should always lead towards mastery. This is also why they say practice makes perfect. Okay? So, what is the knowledge of mastery? Well, the thing is this. Whatever you choose to master or become a master at in your own rights, because no one else can tell you that you're a master at something. That's something you tell yourself. So when you're able to master anything, what happens is the blueprints for mastery uh, come into existence. Right? The blueprint, the blueprints for mastery is discovered or discovered or uncovered. And that happens within the process of you trying to master this thing. That's why I said, first be good to achieve greatness. You can so you can put greatness and mastery in the same uh, in the same box, let's say. So when you discover the mastering process by achieving mastery in your own rights, what you'll learn is that. The cornerstone for all mastery is mastering relationships. So that's whether it's relationship with self, uh, relationship with the mind and the body, relationship to your thoughts, relationship to each other, culturally, um, relation to history. How do you relate to that? How do you relate to his story? Is that your story? Is that how you perceive it? Pay attention to how you're relating to things and how they're shape-shifting your mind frame. Uh, so that was the mas that was the relationship or the relation between mastery and relationships. They're hand in hand. You master one thing, you can master anything. All it does is un un uh, reveal the blueprint. So, as far as you being the only one that can call yourself master in any kind of right, this goes into relationship with self. How do you view yourself? How are you perceiving yourself? Last time we talked about perception. We talked about how it starts in the mind and how important it is to do things like meditate and have private thinking time. Right? Those are two separate things. Remember, meditation is time to go inside, be still, and listen. It's almost like how the Bible even tells you, be still and know. Right? Same thing. This is meditation talk. So it just goes to understanding, it goes to the understanding that your view of the world and your view of self ultimately depends on where you're standing when you view it. Where are you when you perceive yourself? Where do you see yourself? So this is why a relationship with self is very important and self-identity 
is very important, which we touched on in a previous episode. Okay. So, um, when we talk about relationship to things like history or his story, um, we have to understand that uh, even though the information that we're given is considered real a lot of times, it's the way that it's being delivered to you that will alter the opinion of the person receiving the information or perceiving it or perceiving um, the event. Right. So it's not just the information or the event, but it's how it's being shown to you. It's how it's being given to you. This is how they can distort your reality and keep the person that's perceiving the event or thing. This is what the news does also. This will keep you further away from actuality. You know, it's like people say perception is reality. Well, like I told you before, perception is in the mind. That's why it's very important to have a balanced mind state because it will balance your perception of your life. But what's realer than reality? It's actuality. It's not what things seem to be, which is what reality is. Because remember, reality works within your senses. That's a physical earth thing that hasn't tapped into spirit yet. But actuality is what's actually real. What's actually going on. You don't rely on your senses to perceive actuality. That's outside of your ego. Right? So all you would have to do is step outside of self to properly perceive your actuality. What things really are. And this is when we say, you know, it is what it is. When someone says to me, it is what it is. I always follow with, because that's all it can be. That's what I like to say after that, to complete that thought. It is what it is, because that's all it can be. And once we can accept those kinds of, those ways of thinking, we can progress. So, when it comes to relation to self, you have to give your energies equally to yourself. Right. So what this means is when when you're building the mind, um, just as when you're building the body, you have to achieve balance. You have to maintain that. Now, let's say, for example, if you're an avid thinker to the mind. So if you're an avid, if you're an avid thinker then your body or your temple should reflect that. You see, uh, it's just like seeing somebody that's in great shape. Then you can almost assume that they have a balanced mind. Now, in relation to self, this is what I'm showing you is that there's a lot of ways to read what's actually going on with the self. As above, so below. As within, so without. So that means that 
by relation, what's going on in the heavens is going on down here, right? Rain falls, right? Uh, when it's dark up there, it's dark down here. Just to give you a couple of simple examples. Now, this also means what's going on in your higher mind state, the heavens, is also affecting the body, which is the representation of earth. Now, just to take you a step further into that, how many of you know that earth is only an anagram for heart? So this shows you what you are truly connected to here in this realm at this time. If you take the word earth, you take the H off the back, put it in the front, you have the word heart. This is why they say earth is the heart of the universe because they're playing with the codes, but they're not explaining to you how these codes are relating to you as a being and what you truly represent as a spirit, mind, and body all combined into one thing. You are the true embodiment of this whole experience. You yourself. Now, <clears throat> I want to go on to... Well, actually, I want to touch on one more thing in relation to self, and that is the macrocosm and microcosm of things and thoughts. Now, this is just like saying as above, so below, right? Things that are larger than you, a lot of times that you're perceiving are still you, just on a larger scale. It's no different than looking inside the body with a microscope, seeing all these strange things alive and moving and working and having families inside of you, which is also still you. But on a smaller scope, this is the macro, this is the microcosm. You see, all still you. Now, the cool thing about that is that this thing goes all the way down to your cells. I don't know if a lot of you know the importance of things like water and the food as energy. It's because these things affect you cellularly. On a cellular level, these things affect you. Why is that important? Well, what you might not know is that each of your cells, right? Each of the millions or however many cells you have in your body are all perfect forms of you as a whole. And I'm sure a lot of you didn't, didn't know that. So just to give you an example, one of your cells, say you're having a bad day, you're in a certain emotion or whatever the case may be. Well, guess what? Each of your cells is embodying that same emotion, each of them. They're all whole versions of you, but very small microcosmic versions. I just want you to think about that for a minute. Think about how the feelings run through you when they start in your mind, how you start to feel these things in your body. You felt it in your gut. You feel it all over the place, right? Butterflies. Well, they start in the mind. It starts with perception. So what I want to touch on is something called Wei Wu Wei. This is, a, this is a Buddhist Chinese theory of relating to your life. Wei Wu Wei means doing, not doing. 
okay? Now, what does that mean? Well, it's an example of how to achieve a certain level of wholeness and balance within self. So, way wu way, doing not doing. This goes back to the knowledge that I that I give you last time, saying that thought was the sixth sense. Um, but trying to explain thought being the sixth sense uh, to people, to a lot of types of people that see thought as a reflex or a reflection of self. Because remember, a lot of people think that all their thoughts are theirs. They don't realize that these things come from somewhere. If I told you right now to repeat something in your mind, say, just say something like it is what it is in your mind, right? Say it out loud first, then say it in your mind. Now, when you say it out loud, you heard yourself say that. <laughs> now, when you run it through the mind, who is saying that? Whose voice is that? Where is that coming from? Why do thoughts seem far away? Right? Think about all the times you say, oh, it just came to me. Right? Out of the blue. Okay? Out of the deep. So, trying to explain to some people that thought is one of your senses. Um, to those that believe it's a reflection of self is like trying to explain water to a fish. Think about that. He tell the fish, man, you in water. And the fish is like, what water? I don't understand. Okay. So, way woo way or doing not doing. What's the point of that? What's the purpose? Well, when you become enlightened and you start to understand higher levels of these things of thought itself when you're enlightened it's like it's like being a dumb man or a dumb person who has had a wonderful dream okay this is one of the best ways I can describe enlightenment and what that means this is one of the areas and ways that we achieve what's called nirvana. Uh, you might have heard that word before, but not, but might not be sure what it means. Nirvana actually means heaven, and nirvana also means to breathe out or to let go. So, if you can understand how that relates to be also meaning heaven, well. It is the knowledge of not having to hold on to things. Right? This is relationships. Friendships. Partnerships. Ships sail. Okay? So, nirvana is to breathe out or to let go. I like to also explain that that's in, that's in line with that is why nothing in this life is to be held on to. Nothing. You might think it's a great achievement to become 99 years old or 200, whatever the case may be. 
But guess what? That is not a great achievement. Especially if your focus is on extending the life of the body and not advancing the spirituality of the mind and the consciousness. You see? Holding on to life is just as dangerous as holding on to a grudge. Try to hold your breath and see what happens. Breath is life, right? Well, hold on to it. See, what, see, see where it gets you. See where it takes you. <laughs> Nothing, even life, is meant to be held on to forever. You have to at some point reach heaven or nirvana or the mind state of letting go and letting be. No judgment. Right? A real teacher or somebody that gives you any kind of knowledge that you haven't been introduced to yet is also what they would call a debunker. Because what's going to happen is a lot of the things that you held near and dear to your heart and mind are going to be demystified. You're going to realize why they were there in the first place, the purpose they served, and why it's time to go. So, the knowing of things to get rid of, uh, it's the knowing of things to get rid of the ideas and things that people try to hold on to, try to cling to. Um, so, this can also show you that when you try to accept yourself, right, trying, Remember, way wu way is doing not doing, trying not trying. So this is what I'm this is what I'm giving you the knowledge of right now. Trying to accept oneself is an example of not accepting yourself. Think about that. Trying to accept oneself is an example of actually not accepting yourself. Trying to accept oneself is also trying to escape oneself. So it gets a little tricky, but this is all a deeper type of knowledge, knowledge of self, how to operate. Desiring not to desire is desire. Trying not to be unselfish is selfish. <laughs> by nature so these are what I'm what I'm giving you now are examples of the debunker the teacher these are examples of how the teacher traps the student where the student finds himself completely impotent right not only can he not only can he not do anything but he is also unable not to do anything, <laughs> right? This is the bringing about of one's own salvation. Now, this is how, for example, there's a saying from the Zen Buddhist, this is equivalent to entering the state of the mosquito biting the iron bull. What does that mean? It is when the unstoppable force meets the immovable object. How can this work? 
This is the state where something must be done, but nothing can be done. This is also what's referred to as the state of maximum frustration. Now, where does this lead you? <laughs> How does this help? Well, it'll give you a healthy way to reflect about your life, for one. It'll increase the ability to perceive in a more gratifying way. And also, within this state, there is the opportunity to understand the meaning of whatever situation you're in. It's a way to exit from the situation to see it. If something's too close to your face, you can't perceive it. Put your hand all the way to your eyes. Can you see the hand? No, you can't. Step back from it or move it away from you. Now you can perceive it as a whole. It's the same thing we have to do a lot of times with our situations and what we're going through. Step out of it. Step out of your situation so that you're able to actually perceive the situation. Okay? Now... So to understand that the meaning of the statement, I cannot do, I cannot not do, is that to separate I from self, right? So it says, I cannot do, and I cannot not do. When you separate the I that you've thought yourself to be in this position, you find that the I is an illusion. That is why it cannot do and cannot not do. Because the I is the representation of what? The ego. So this goes along with understanding that this is balance. This is the law of correspondence. Everything I'm telling you right now. So. This is the knowledge of whatever you gain, you also lose, right? When you solve a problem, you create one, a new one. Now, it's all right to do everything that I've mentioned that leads you to this state where something must be done but cannot be done. It's all right to do these things. But guess what? Don't expect to get anywhere with what you're doing. This is the knowledge of doing, not doing. Remember, you're a human being, not a human doing. So get to being. Now, without some of these devices or things that we partake in in the world um, that are needed to keep us grounded, to keep us here to manifest, we can't get anywhere spiritually because without challenges um, then we would simply cease to exist right which is also to say there would be no point to exist so moving on from that um, let's get back into the relation of you and your own thoughts that relationship now, I've told you that thoughts don't all come from you. So it's very important to know that. Do not own each thought that comes to your mind. Do not. 
that is not all you. As we go further in these podcasts, I'll be able to explain on deeper levels things about the ancestors, blood, DNA, melanin, and a lot of things that are all closely, closely, closely related, but are not easily perceived. So, as far as thoughts go, um, well, how, how do you know what thought to get into or not, right? Well, the correct thought to go into, because thoughts come all the time, you, you don't judge your thoughts based upon self, right? You have a thought, you say, man, that was a crazy thought. You start kicking it out of your mind because you're saying, well, why am I thinking this? Well, guess what, man? That You're not thinking that. It just came to you. And guess what? You have the opportunity and the ability to kick it away if you want to. Or dive into it. That's what free will is for. So the correct thoughts to go into are always evident by the thoughts that they lead to. So in learning this, hindsight is the foresight. Now, what I mean is that you got to go through some things to get lessons. Once you gain lessons, it, it can become your foresight because you normally gain the lessons by looking back. This is why they say hindsight is 2020. After something happens, it's easy to see why it happened and what you could have did and all kind of different options you had. So what you got to start doing is making your hindsight your foresight. Right. Before something happens. So when um, when 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 people or beings, when we're talking about relationships, right, when people are being separated from each other, it's the direct knowledge of the same thing as like sound cancellation. When two sounds of the same frequency come in, you hear nothing. So this is a metaphysical explanation of relationships that end. Relationships that will never be the same. So we have to understand that we cannot, if we can't accept what we're going through, what's the point? What is the point of existence if you can't accept where you are, where, when you are, where you are, and what's happening. Okay, so um, even with friends, since we're talking about separating from people and relationships, let's say friends, right? What, what are they? What are they supposed to be? Are they supposed to be anything? This is why it's dangerous to label things. We have to allow people to be themselves. We can't try to hold on to people that can't be held. So this means when things change and when people change, let them. Don't try to say, well, you're not like you used to be. Uh, thank you. That's a compliment. Remember, everything cycles. Everything works the way it works. Respect that. You got to respect that. The same way nature respects it, the same way nature takes the time to grow from a seed to a tree. You got to respect it. Don't judge it, right? The now is the only thing that's true and real. 
The past is just that. It has passed away. So always remember that as far as these relationships go, friendships are romantic. You can't build in reverse. Okay, so when you're trying to, when you're making this energetic effort to not accept where you are, man, that's that's equivalent to trying to build in reverse. And all that really is, is destroying your now. You're tearing down. Right? So when, when people change and when things change, let them change. You cannot control that. Don't try to. You'll drive yourself nuts. Okay? So, um, when you are talking about relationship to self, it reminds me of, you know, first of all, seeing your reflection, reflecting on self, makes me think about the mirror, looking in a mirror, perceiving oneself, even though it's a backwards perception. Don't forget. Um, but the point that I want to make with the mirror is that what came to my mind one day and I wrote down was uh, the one looking in the mirror is the student and the one in the mirror is the teacher. So this is something that I want you to reflect on and see what it, see what knowledge it brings you. A lot of these are seeds, and all I'm doing is planting seeds right now. So, you know, these things can grow into monstrous trees, depending on your fertilizer, not mine, right? Depending on your grounding, how grounded you are, the quality of your soil, what you come from, okay? So, that was just another example of um, relationship with self. So, um, this is um, this is an interesting conversation because what I'm trying to do is show you a lot of different aspects of relationship. You know, because life itself is a puzzle. And everything that happens in life is a code. And I like to say that <laughs> this game that we're playing is always set on extra hard. <laughs> right? Codes on top of codes on top of codes. So it's very important to have self-knowledge, self-awareness, and, and to also be grounded. Now, I also want to talk about our relationships to ourselves outside of ourselves. Now, this is our cultural relationship. How are we being perceived and how do we relate to that? Very important. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of seeing our people playing the gangster on TV and on movies. I'm tired of seeing our black women playing the crackhead. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the exploitation. So, <laughs> the way that we're portrayed, I don't approve of. You know, what we got to think about 
And like I said, when I go into these cultural differences, it's never from a place of racism. It's from a place of knowledge and information. It's my truth. If you don't like it, hey, change the channel. Right? Um, so to us, to our people, what we got to realize is that, and this is good for all races and cultures to take in now. Remind you, this is, this is what can bring and help us achieve balance. How will we achieve balance if cultures only spit knowledge to each other and to no one outside of their culture? That would mean that each culture would only have the knowledge of their own culture. How could we ever, as a whole, achieve any kind of balance with that going on? See? So... Us as a people, man, we got to understand that our energy is more valuable than any other energy on this realm. We're the most spiritual creatures created. And this is why they've duped us with religion, because they knew how spiritual we were in the first place. They took spirituality from us, flipped it and bounced it and gave it back to you as something in their image. Pay attention. So... What I'm noticing now with how we're being portrayed in the rap game, in music, movies, TV, whatever the case may be, is I'm starting to notice how the agenda is becoming to bring people in that look like us to infiltrate and implant these behaviors and illicit messages to the black youth. Now, since little Jimmy don't have his dad in the house, he's watching BET. You know, Offset or somebody is his father from three to four or whatever the case may be. You see what I'm getting at? You know, I really wish we wouldn't sell out our principles for money. I really wish we would stop pretending to care about our own when our action is speaking much louder than our words. So... If you haven't noticed, what's happening is you got a lot of people infiltrating the culture that look like us. Now, I'm not talking down on these people, but for example, your Cardi B's, your, you know, your Bruno Mars, whoever. These are just off the top of my head because you got to understand to other cultures, those are black people. See, so it's not their actual culture that's taking the hit. It's us and they're getting paid for it. So this is what our black youth is taking in. This is what the black man, the white female, the white adult, the ones that are most influenced and the ones most under mind control with this whole thing. It's a misconception. It's a blurred vision. So we got to understand that when people that look like us do things under the guise of, let's say, hip hop. That affects us as a whole. I don't care if you participate or not. That affects us. We got to stop giving away our culture so freely for a couple of dollars, man. Doesn't that still make you a slave? I want to say something about slavery. Now, a lot of people are going to take this the wrong way, and I do not care, right? These are my truths. Uh, 
Now, this is old. You know, Kanye made some comments some time ago about slavery. About slavery being a choice. I want to tell you something. In a lot of ways, he was correct. Because the black people and the people that got up in arms about that had no knowledge of self. They only had his story. His story. They didn't have knowledge passed down from the ancestors. They didn't realize that what they now call slavery back then was indentured servitude. You see? Because we were such a kind people, because we were such a spiritual people, we believed other people. When they said, look, you do this and I'm going to do that, we took them for their word. So all these years of slavery that they're talking about, it wasn't all that. The reason they give it to you that way is imagery, self, poor self-imagery, right? And they want to tell you that that's your history. They want to tell you that you come from slaves. Do you really think a people that's this strong could have been held down for 400 years? Do you really believe that? But that's what they want you to believe because it gives you a poor self-image. It also zaps little kids' dreams. Okay? It's up to us to teach the youth what's real and what's propaganda. Some of y'all might think what I'm saying is propaganda, but look into it. I'm not telling you to believe me. I'm just sparking your train of thought. Okay, because pay attention. If we are being taught that we are the lowest things in existence, then why are we the most copied thing in existence? Why is everything tracing back to our ancestors? Let's get real with this. So you got to realize our image is copied and repeated uh, uh, more than any style that exists, more than any culture. More than any influence over the masses. The thing that's happening is that everyone is adding their own name to our culture. What does white music or any other race musical sound of song actually sound like? Do we even know? <laughs> or do we just have a lot of examples of them trying to be us I'm just saying it's a question you know it's bootleg to me because every version of our sound culture style walk talk thought it's all been copied and bootlegged and passed around but when you go into these different cultures they have a space of their culture where it is only theirs we are the only ones whose culture is entirely up for grabs. And I think that is because we have a poor relationship with ourself and with our image because of how we're being taught and because we're not looking within and we're not studying. How many of you speak to the older people in your families? And I don't mean, hey, grandma. I mean, who's asking questions? Who's looking up documents that were kept in the family? 
Don't you know that history was created to debunk the passing down of knowledge? You see, before history came, before his story, generations would give the knowledge verbally and written to the next generation. Somewhere down the line, we stopped doing that. Somewhere down the line, we started watching TV. Somewhere down the line, we started thinking BET was us. Man, the tricks they play. All I can do is shake my head sometimes. I haven't watched BET in probably 10, 15 years. I don't know anything about it. Right? Don't care to. It's a poor representation of us. Very. It's a bunch of drug dealing movies and TV shows and ratchetness being put on the forefront. This all has to do with the relationship of us and our own image. We got to see that we poison in our own minds. And then we turn around complaining, praying and worshiping <laughs> the rest of what they gave you. And it's getting you nowhere. So this is an issue that we need to really change. Okay, this is the cultural relationship of self and then it goes outside the culture. But at first it starts inside the culture like everything starts from the inside out. That's the nature of anything, right? So yeah, I just thought it was interesting that our culture is up for grabs by anybody who can help grab a handful and everybody else's culture is locked and held sacred on the deepest levels. Hindu, China, uh, Europe, I don't care where you go. When you go deep, they got a space just for them. When you go deep on our stuff, they calling us <laughs> witchcraft when you go into our ancestors right we witchcraft we voodoo we, right we black magic but not to be confused with good old white magic <laughs> uh, but I digress so it's very important that we check the image that we have of ourselves and if you don't like it change it that's what I say. Change it. Don't be a victim to your own Im self-imagery. Step outside of it. Step outside of it. So, uh, you know, one thing I mentioned to a friend of mine was that with this podcast, you know, a lot of people have been coming saying, you know, they enjoying it. Um, I'm actually getting hit up and they're saying, hey, man, when's the next episode coming out? I tell them I'm working on it because I do write out these things. I dig through my own notes. I don't try to gain things from other places and give them to you. I'm giving you me. This is me. This is what my spirit gave me and told me to give you. Who is you? You are the ones listening who ran into this, who found this, who were led to this. You're the one it's for. Nothing is an accident. Now, they used to tell us there's no such thing as coincidence, which is true, but it's only true in the way that they gave it to you. If they were to fully explain to you 
about coincidence, you will realize that it is a such thing as coincidence because it's not a coincidence. It's a co-incident. It is where one or more things have come together to bring this thing about. You see? So it is also a divine appointment. If you want to say it, if you want to uh, say it that way. So, like I'm telling you, man, a lot of times it's just how we're perceiving things, how they're giving them, and how we're receiving them. It's not the things in themselves that are incorrect. It's our way of thinking about it. So what's the solution? What's the solution to any of this? Well, first of all, the thing about solutions is that the solution must be simple. This is, this is the knowledge of ideas and solutions. Ideas I call great and solutions I call real. So this is the great real. Right? It's above any problem or issue. But like I said, the solution has to be simple. That's how you know it's real. Ultimately, in the end, any true answer will be simple. Any true answer will be simple. So this also means that something that's already given to you and told to you that it's simple. Hey, man, you should get it. It's simple. Guess what? It could be made simpler. So what I'm trying to tell you is that when you're looking for a solution and people are talking about a solution, <laughs> if you can't even understand what they're trying to give you as far as a solution, then keep looking because that's not your solution. So um, this is, you know, this has really been a talk about relationships, how you relate to self and the things outside of you. I didn't get much into male-female relationship, <laughs> which is the most common it would seem, but I feel like it's more important to have a proper relationship with self before you go trying to have one with someone else. Very key. Um, so I touched on mastery and relationships Relation to history, relation to each other culturally, relation to thoughts of self, relation to self and the macrocosm and microcosm of your feelings. Uh, how the mind and the body is the same as as above, so below the heavens and the earth, the mind and the body. When they say as it is in heaven, as it is on earth. Look, I'm unlocking that for you right now. Heaven is the highest mind state. Earth is the body. As it is in the mind, so it also is in the body. You don't believe me? Well then, look up the research and understand how poor thoughts lead to disease of the body. Okay? It's a direct correlation. As above, so below. We talked about the relation of the creator and the creation being one and the same. And we talked about feeling disconnected when the things you're connected to disconnect or when they fail or when they change now this this can go right into the relationship between a male and female because oftentimes one person in a relationship is 
feeling how they feel based upon the other person. It's not how it's supposed to be, y'all. You got to be solid within self first. Then you share yourself with another person. The same way you accept what they're trying to share with you. No judgment. Now, if what they're trying to share with you is worth your time, then give them that. If it's not, then don't. But don't feel any type of way about it. That's just judgment. Right? It's not as complicated as it seems. So, I'm not going to go too much deeper in this episode. Uh, about self-knowledge and attaining self-knowledge uh, of your own relations. But I do want to say this last thing. Maybe it's the last thing. I'm just trying not to make this too long, but it's a lot of stuff I really want to touch on while I'm right here in the moment. Right? Anyone who does um, attain true knowledge of self, you can indeed unlock others. But there is always what is perceived as what? Opposition. No matter what you do. You got to know that that's not real. But it is real at the same time. Now, if you don't understand that, just ponder it. It will unlock. Right? Uh, You know, everything exists on a polarity like I touched on before. Everything that we call real. And when anything that exists on a polarity or let's say a polarized energetic air positioning, that is what polarity actually means. It's a polarized energetic air positioning through some type of exchange. Okay. So with anything that has a polarity, there has to be a other side, the other side, right? So, when you here on earth in this in this realm in this in this experience of a spirit having the human experience man you got to realize even when you look up the symbol for earth it's a circle with a cross in it this is the cross plane this is the place where crossroads happen where decisions have to be made it's designed that way there's always a choice there's always a decision Earth is a dualistic place in its own existence. You say, well, how can you really show that for an example? All right. Um, When you're created, you start as a single cell organism. And then you start to divide or split. You see? You become dualistic from the beginning. You came from source. You split from source. And then split, split, split until you came into the creature you are now. So, when you come into this realm, I mean, there's a lot of drastic splits going on. Not just symmetry, not just splitting down your body and seeing that you're the same on both sides, right? Not just understanding that when you came here, you had to lean one way or the other in a dualistic manner. You had to become male or female, or some people land on uh, like the coin on that lands on its side and are both. They're not to be judged any different type of way, but they are only a physical example of something spiritual. Right? 
So you come down split the male and female and then you're split again. Well, am I <coughs> left-handed or right-handed? These are all dualities, man. This is why you have a left brain and a right brain. This is physical knowledge. So it just goes back to as above, so below, as without, so within, just to say that if there is an outer, then there can only be a reflection of the inner. The inner is the reflection of the outer. It's the same thing. So that was just, you know, another way that I just wanted to touch on self-imagery in this dualistic place that we are. You know, and how it actually works. So we talked about friends. Knowledge of self, the mirror, the one in the mirror is the student. The one looking in the mirror is the student and the one in the mirror is the teacher. Take that with you. And just turn up your awareness. Pay attention to what, to how we're being perceived. Pay attention to how we're being exploited. Pay attention to where your discomfort seems to come from. I like to give people the example that suffering, right? What they call suffering is only an example of trying to attain something you can't attain. Suffering comes from blockage. It comes from something stopping the flow. So when you can look around in what you call your suffering and find out where you're clogged up at and unclog it, then there goes your suffering. It goes back to when I said be water. Water doesn't choose. Has no choice. It, it, it goes with, you know, wherever it is, it form fits. You put it in this bottle, you put it in this glass, it's going to form fit those things. Right? So, um, let's remember, man, take the mind outside of survival mode. Get into your, get into your <clears throat> self a little bit better. You know, and just like I was saying about relationships and how they change and you have to let them. Well, I mean, that comes with the understanding that the moment can never be the same. No moment can ever be the same as, a, as another moment. You know, everything is constantly evolving through experience. Everything in itself is a cycle. Which shows the relationships. So these things can never be the same as they once were. And uh, you got to respect each moment for what it is. And all this shows you is that each moment is equally important. And by accepting each moment for what it is, you're exiting judgment. And you're getting maximum payback for everything you're putting into life. Remember, being present will yield you a gift. The gift is the lesson from the experience. So in changing your life, like we talked about before, we talked about the mind and how it creates your reality. I just want to also say, man, create creative, uh, creative visualization is what you call your imagination is your creative visualization. That's important. It's so important for everything. It's how you visualize yourself. 
It's how you see your situation. You know, so do more reading, do more thinking, do more questioning. And I'm going to end it with this. Every question contains the answer. If you didn't know what a question represents, it only represents a quest. This is why the question mark or the symbol is that curve that comes down into the straight line that leads to the point. So just remember these symbols and the next, I think the next podcast I do will be on symbolism and um, imagery since we're talking about being, how we're being portrayed and things of that nature. I want to go in a little deeper on that. Um, symbolism and imagery. So it's very important to know um, that how you're perceiving yourself is everything, right? That is the key. So let's 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 up our game, man. Let's let's stop talking about it and start doing it. Let's quit complaining and participating at the same time. You can't do both. You can't complain and then participate with the thing you're complaining about. It doesn't work that way. So just to end it on the knowledge of the question and how important it is to ask questions and the quest, uh, you know, it always leads to the point. So the question always contains the answer. And the last thing was uh, in this human race, the knowledge of the race is the same as going on the quest Except in a race, you always end where you started. And this is wholeness. This is another example of a larger cycle than you can understand at the time. Everything ends where it begins. So there truly is no beginning or ending. You know about energy. You know that it cannot be destroyed. It can only be transferred. So apply this to your own energy. Apply this to yourself. And you'll get the most out of that little tidbit of information. So this one was a little bit longer than usual. I think it was twice the time as usual. But I hope I gave you twice the information. I hope I made you think twice as hard. Right? Um, Each of these podcasts will be different, man. It just depends on what's happening. What's coming to me through the universe. Who's talking to me about what. And it sparks my mind to get into, you know, these longer explanations. So uh, I'd like to thank you, as always, for taking the time to sit here and listen to my thoughts. And uh, I appreciate the support. Everybody that's been contacting me and, and just reaching out based upon the podcast. I really appreciate it. That's awesome. I never expected that. Um, again, I'm an introvert, so this is totally awkward and different for me, but I'm doing it for the greater good. I'm doing it for my people and all people. All is self and all is reflection. Okay, so thanks for uh, dropping in again on My Three Cents. This has been My Three Cents on relationship. Relationship knowledge. All ships got to sail at some point. 
So again, I hope you got something from it. I hope it did something for you mentally. And uh, if you know somebody that could use this message, man, just share it with them. And let them know that this is a podcast that will be saying things that a lot of people don't say. And because there's a lot of things not being said right now. Why? Because it's popular to say what everybody else is saying. Guess what? I don't care about being popular. (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed it. This has been my three cents. Coming back at you next time with uh, symbology, symbolism, and uh, some of the codes of life and how they're in plain sight every day. It's going to be a real interesting episode coming up next. Uh, Maybe I'll record it today. Maybe I'll record it tomorrow. But when the spirit hits, I'm going to make a move. So until then, have a great one. Have a great rest of your day and wholeness, wholeness, wholeness to everybody out there.